Welcome everyone to the Fuzzy Camel Choose On Game Design Podcast, our first episode. I'm Cade. And I am Christoph. And we are Fuzzy Camel Studios, currently working on Ozone, a party game about octopuses. And this is our new podcast where we're going to be talking about game design, different topics within game design, different games, our opinions on them, our ideas, our hot takes perhaps too. Uh, and we'll just be discussing all of these things that we are you know, pretty passionate about and pretty interested in. So it, it should be a good time just deep diving into games and what goes on behind the scenes to make them fun. Today's topic, we're, we're going to be chewing on balance. This is something I've been thinking about a lot recently, actually, and I know we've talked about it a bit already, Christoph. But in particular, we've been playing a lot of Super Smash Bros. Melee with the rolling out of um, Slippy Netplay, which is rollback netcode, which has really just revolutionized the way that people play the game, but it's also brought a lot of attention towards it. And I think it's an interesting kind of case of balance. And I I just want to take a deep dive into it. But first off, balance predates melee by a lot, or rather melee netplay by a lot. Balance has been a topic for a long time. I'm sure there's countless examples of games where balance has been a big focus. Anything from card games like Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering to MOBAs like League of Legends and Dota to RTSs like StarCraft or uh, Warcraft and anything in between. Balance is always a topic whenever you have people, especially when people are competing against each other really, is when it really comes into the limelight. But people are just obsessed with balance, and I'm sure some examples of it as well, Christoph, but stuff like people using the term OP or tier lists. People online just seem to be fascinated by balance. I completely agree with that. I think uh, along with tier list or OP, a common phrase you hear is buff or nerf, and that's in the context of often in making something either stronger or weaker. My character's not doing as much damage. I feel weak compared to my friend. I want to perform better, but I can't because my class isn't balanced properly. There's a lot of excuses that... I don't know if excuses is the right word, but there's a lot of situations where characters aren't satisfied with how they are performing. And a lot of times they attribute that to the game. And I think that's an interesting discussion to have because the cases... A lot of the cases that you just described, in my mind, described competitive games. These are games where typically you have a player versus another player, and the intent is to win. You mentioned StarCraft, you mentioned Hearthstone, you mentioned League, you mentioned Melee. Players want to feel as though they can beat the other player. I think something that a lot of people don't acknowledge that they should is the the fact as to why they play video games in the first place. And... Something really unique about video games compared to normal sports is how video games give people an equal playing field. Let's use Super Smash Bros. Melee as an example. I can pick Fox, and the person next to me, the person next to me can also pick Fox. We can have the same skill set, the same abilities, the same capabilities, and it all comes down to execution. In real life, I'm always going to be 6'2", and an NBA player is always going to be 7 foot. There's a clear discrepancy in terms of what I can do and what he can do, whereas in video games, people like to feel as though they're equal to other people, which is where I think balance comes into effect, especially with competitive games. 
Yeah, I think that's super true. Definitely. And I, I think that also gets back to something else that I was thinking about, which is people, along with having just a general fascination uh, and interest in balance, is also being really interested in finding the best possible options in any given game. Now, that could be characters, it could be weapon choice, or cards or decks, or the class you play if it's like Hearthstone. But the people really want to find those best options because I think that is what can give you that leg up. And there's a lot of games too where not only is it execution-based, but um, very strategic. And part of that strategy is picking your options and being smart about which ones you use. Sometimes that can devolve into just tier lists, which I would argue are not the most strategic thing in the world. But some more nuanced examples can be like decks in a card game where it's a little less clear cut necessarily. There's not generally like deck tier lists, at least as far as I'm aware, whereas there is more with like character choices in some games. But all that is to say, I I think that people really care in video games about trying to find the best option. And people are really interested in who is the best character. Even if people don't play Mm -hmm. that character, people want to know or they want to be able to say for sure who is the best. I think in games where it's less clear, I think that people can get frustrated with that or or just blatantly go in the face of it and, and say that there is a best character even though no one agrees or, or making like some kind of hot take like that. I think people um, like those extremes. They like to know who's best. They like to know who's worst. And that it's just, it gives people a bit of a compass when they're playing a game. But that brings me to my main point and what I mainly want to discuss today, not to digress too much, but... I really, in particular, focusing in on a subset of the games we're talking about, and we can zoom back out and talk about more genres as well, but for this specific example, I've been thinking a lot about three games in particular. Ultimate, which has a really big cast, overall pretty well-balanced. There's a lot of characters in in most tier lists listed in mid-tier, for whatever that's worth. There's a lot of characters that people see as high-tier characters. A lot of characters are quote-unquote viable, meaning that they can actually compete and big tournaments and at pro levels overall very balanced and if you're playing with your friends casually you'll probably never notice a character being worse than another one that maybe that's going a little too far but i i genuinely believe it's pretty much all skill at that point melee which i would say that's less the case there's definitely a big discrepancy in the strength of the characters a character like bowser is basically seen as a meme um, for being so bad, whereas a character like Fox is like the epitome of a strong character in a game to a lot of people. And then Rivals is the other one I wanted to talk about, which I think is ultra-balanced. You sometimes see people call out specific characters in that game for being bad, but overall the community doesn't really seem to agree on that too much, and there isn't really any agreed-upon tier list either. And people in that community actually don't even seem very interested in tier lists. I've seen a lot of people from that community talk about there being no value because of how balanced the game is. Yeah, and that's Rivals of Aether. Just in case anybody doesn't know what Rivals is. Oh, did I not say the I full be- name? I thought I did. I think you said I think you're right. It's all good. I I understood I, you. I One thing I want to notice that you pointed out is you, you mentioned the term casual, and we've been talking a lot about competitive. And I think there is a clear divide in terms of the experience you're going to get depending on which version of the game you play. Yes, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Competitive and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Casual, to me, are two different games. Oftentimes with competitive, the the rule sets change, right? So when a lot of fighting games, for example, the stages, the tools that you can use 
they change. For example, there's no items. That's a big thing that Nintendo's been putting into a lot of their recent fighting games in Super Smash Brothers to note recently, and you can't even use that aspect of the game. One of the jokes that I have when we play the game is that we play the most boring version of the game. I'm a big... I play a lot of the competitive side of Melee and Super Smash Brothers, and a lot of times it's the same thing over and over again without much variation. And it's designed to be that way so that people can have that level playing field which we're talking about. When you talk about casual, balance is a pretty different beast. I would say that my if I was to design a casual game, casual meaning outcome doesn't really matter, the stakes aren't that high, maybe it's a bit of a shorter game, less mechanics, it's more designed for kind of the overall player rather than the most skill-intensive player. I would design around fun and not around basically the complexity of mechanics or the uh, a common word used in game design is homogenization, meaning kind of the equal capabilities of talking about a character. So I wouldn't want to have all my characters be able to do the same thing. I would want people to do different things. And it's okay if person X is different than person Y in a whole host of different ways, as long as they're fun. That's what I think the... Oh, go on. That actually segues really well into what I wanted to talk about for the most part for this episode. Before I get into that one little note I want to add too, when I mentioned casual, I actually meant more like casual competitive, like the kind of Mm. ultimate that we play, where Mm. we do play with competitive rule set, but we're just playing at home. It's not like we're competing at a super major level or anything like that. I think that there is like those three tiers where there is the people who play completely casually and are probably ignorant that a pro scene exists. There's the people who play like us who are more competitive, but still casual skill level wise. Like we're better than the complete casuals, but not as good as the professionals. And then true competitive. (laughs) And that actually segues me into my main point. Were you going to say something first? Nope. I just think you did a good job distinctifying the different tiers in terms of how a game can be played. Like I said, yeah. it's the same game, but ultimately it's actually, there's actually many different experiences that you can get based on your mindset, who you're playing with, why you're playing the game, where you're playing the game. There's a lot of different factors outside the game which influence the game itself. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And that's something I feel like, especially with a multiplayer game, you can never take away. Like you can never take away that aspect of whether you're like trying really hard, sweating, quote unquote, or playing just purely for fun and really don't care. There's so many factors that go into that you have no control over as a game designer, I think, which is another very interesting topic for another time. But my main idea that I've been postulating and theorizing about recently playing melee and i've just been fascinated by this i think it's such a cool discussion to have and it's hard right before i go into this i do want to say game balance is difficult and even with me trying to say i i think i have a particular opinion on how game balance should be done it doesn't mean that i necessarily could even execute on it as a person and it's still very hard within games even if you know what you're going for it can still be hard like even if you are trying to make every single character equal skill or equal strength levels it's still very hard to actually execute that But my general argument and and what I want to pose uh, and get Kristoff's feedback on and have a further discussion on is basically my opinion on game balance. So this comes back to what a lot of people say about tier lists and stuff. When a character is seen as really bad, and I I think a really strong example of this that I'm going to return to a few times is Little Mac 
in Smash Brothers Ultimate, who is, for anyone who is unfamiliar with that game, is basically seen as like the worst character in the game by a decent margin. Sure, there's other bad characters, but people always list him as the worst, and he's seen as completely unviable in any competitive sense. Uh, some people have done okay with him, but he's never going to win any significant tournament or even generally smaller tournaments as well. He's seen as a pretty bad character. And people usually complain about this, right? There's a lot of people on Reddit or other places online who, when they see tier lists, criticize Nintendo or call out Nintendo for having such a bad character. Come on, Nintendo, buff this character. I want Little Mac to be better. Or a patch comes out and they don't buff him and people are like, oh, great, Little Mac's bottom tier again what are you doing nintendo just fix the character he's clearly bad just fix him there's probably more going on here that i'm getting at but i think this is true with mini games just replaced with whatever the bottom tier character is in another game same situation or if it's not a character if it's a gun whatever it may be and people see that as a bad thing people want every character to be equal skill level equally if there's a character that's really good people hate that like uh, a really extreme version of that is meta knight in brawl and super smash brothers brawl who's a character that was so good that the vast majority of pro players played him because he was that good and that obviously is probably not a very good example of game balance, but people see that as a negative thing. And that's basically my point. Like when there's a disparity in strength level, people see that as a bad thing. My whole theory that I took 10 minutes just now to, to get to is uh, that every character does not need to be equally good uh, for a game to be well balanced. And, and I actually think that having a disparity in those strength, strength levels also does not make a game poorly balanced. And again, obviously, within reason, if you have a Meta Knight situation and it's actively making people have less fun because uh, that's the only character you can even play in the game, then that's probably too far. But I actually do think that there's a strong case to be made for characters being better than other characters. And I have a few points I want to run through on that. I have a few reasons why I think that's the case. But before I do, I just want to hear your initial thoughts, Christoph. What do you think about there being a reason to have certain characters better than other ones, certain characters worse than other ones, and, and actively trying to make that the case, or at least not over-worrying about making them all equal? Yeah, so I think that's a I think that's a really good kind of synopsis on, on what you think. I actually tend to agree. And before our audience overreacts or hates me for this, I want to give you a good example. So Cade mentioned Meta Knight and Little Mac. I want to mention one of my favorite characters in all the Smash Bros and Nintendo, and that's Luigi. So for you guys who haven't played the games before, Luigi is essentially a monster, a complete monster <laughs> on the stage. Okay, let me tell you, this man is a terror. You do not want to get near him. In Melee, he slides around and ultimately shoots you with a vacuum. Okay? Now, the second you get him off the stage, he turns into a wimp. Like, he cannot do anything. He's very gimped in the sense that he's slow, he's floaty, meaning he's in the air for a longer amount of time, and he doesn't have as many tools as a lot of other characters do. Now, as you just heard me say, he has really high highs, and he also has really low lows. He's not balanced in the sense that other characters are better than him on the stage and are better than him off the stage. That's just a fact. But to me, the reason why I like Luigi, and this can be shown with other characters as well, is because he has really clearly defined strengths and weaknesses. He has a personality. He's fun to play. He's got cool cool gameplay that's it's a little bit of a niche, I would say. And it doesn't matter to me if he doesn't do as much damage as somebody else, if my combos are as good, or if I'm better than someone else. 
to me, I like to... It depends how I feel while I play that character. Now, another character which I play in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate exclusively is Lucina. Lucina, Lucina is a what you would call a kind of a cookie-cutter character, an all-well-rounded character who's the opposite in as Luigi in the sense that she's good at everything. Everything she has is good. And I also like playing her because I do like the feeling that she gives me when I play her. I don't feel gimped in the sense that I'm not as good as someone else. And I, it, that's where the interesting point in balance comes in. Because, as I said earlier, having this kind of a sense of equal opportunity or equal capability as another person does feel good. But I don't think that's it is, I don't think it's essential. And I don't think mm -hmm. you should design for that yeah. because I think it's impractical, if not impossible, to do that. And as you mentioned with Rivals of Aether specifically, a lot of characters lose their unique value the more you make them similar to one another. Yeah. If every character can do the same thing, then no character is really doing anything. You know what I mean? I want each character, if I was designing, I would do my best, my absolute best, to give them some sort of sauce or some sort of special component which makes them interesting. A good example is in Melee, Falco shoots these lasers, and what do the lasers do? They stun people. It makes him really good on the stage, and he can shoot people off the stage to interrupt them. Luigi's really slidey. Pichu is really small. Bowser's really big. These certain yeah. things that you can twist, these little knobs that you can twist and turn that are more than just, okay, do they have a good recovery? Can they hit really hard? Do they die? Are they hard to kill? You know what I mean? I, right. It's and really hard to do that. And the second you do that, every character starts to look the same. And that's actually one of my main points that I wanted to talk about. I'm glad you hit on it. And specifically with Rivals of Aether, which, to clarify, is a game that I enjoy and I think it's a good game. Same. But I do think that there is a strong case to be made that those characters feel a lot more similar to each other than especially Ultimate, which is a game, as of recently, this year's Fighter Pass, which is their DLC characters that they've been releasing, are off the charts unique. These are characters that literally break the fundamental gameplay mechanics of the game to be so unique. It's mind-blowing what the developers are willing to do. Huge recent example being Minecraft Steve being added to the game and actually yes. being able to place blocks. You can mine the stage to get resources, to build new tools, and a number of other things relating to that, but doing things that no other character has ever been able to do. And they actually had to completely rework how their stages are programmed to even accompany the character. That's how different it was. They had to completely go through all of them, mm -hmm. which is mind-blowing. And it created so many bugs in the game that they've released like four patches now just fixing them which is <laughs> funny but that's just one example and there's been several other characters i won't get into that also do very similar things insanely uniquely in that game and you can really tell in that game that minecraft steve feels different than luigi or lucina like very different there's no way you could even do the same stuff. You get your muscle memory built up. You learn with a certain character in that game. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to use this move in this situation. Oh, you know, they're off stage. I really like to use down air, which is a type of move in Smash Brothers, on them when they're off stage, and that works really well for me. When you switch to another character in, in Smash Brothers, that probably won't work anymore. There's a very good chance that won't work anymore. There are exceptions with characters that are similar. But for the most part, like if you switch from Minecraft Steve and you're really used to using his anvil, which is his down air, and then you play Luigi and use his down air, it's going to be very different, right? Like they have completely different properties and it probably won't work in the same situations necessarily. Whereas with Rivals of Aether, 
I think that's actually not true. I think that a lot of those situations will actually be the same. Now, if you're playing very high level competitively, I'm sure that's not the case. Every character has their own combos. But what it does lead to is this feeling where you can do the same thing in a lot of situations, no matter what character you're playing, and it's really easy to switch between them. But it also makes you feel less attached to a character. Yeah. I think even with each of us, each of our friends who play that game, having characters we prefer, I would bet that none of us feel super loyal to any of those characters as much as like you do to Luigi and Smash Brothers because you identify so strongly with that gameplay. Yep. I, I, I agree with that. And I want to clarify as well. I enjoy Rivals of Aether. I think the gameplay is fine. I'm not trying to bash the game at all. I think it's a well-made game. I just think the characters blend in for me. And if I were to make a game, as we are doing Ozone right now, one of our goals is to make the characters do the same thing-ish. And what, what do I mean by that? It, it's interesting in terms of what a character can do and how, how they look and like what they can do in terms of making it the same or different, depending on what genre of game you're playing. Melee, for example, is often like a competitive fighter. It's pretty hardcore. It's very technical, very fast. Whereas a game like Ozone, which is a party game meant to be very accessible to people, the characters are going to be different. For mm -hmm. example, in Ozone, every character is going to have their melee attack. Every character is going to have their ranged attack, which essentially are the same and reskin for every character. But the, the difference for each character is going to be their special. And it's going to be some unique element, which this is the important part, plays off their theme. So the way we're making characters different in Ozone, for example, which is why Luigi stands out so much to me, is the personality, right? Yeah. Luigi's this scared plumber from Bro Brooklyn who his brother gets all the fame. He, he doesn't even have a bride, you know what I mean? Like he's got the, and he always like cowers and he cleans up ghosts and has a vacuum. To me, all those are really fun elements which kind of set him aside and make him unique regardless of what his moveset is. And we're trying to replicate that in Ozone. And a lot of that can be done through animation, can be through story, visuals, things like that. I, I will give credit to Rivals though. Their characters do look different and they do have personality. But to me, every character is just so good. Every character feels like they can do the same thing. And to me, I'm not a big fan of that. And yeah, actually, I'd love to hop in there too, because you're starting to hit on something else I wanted to talk about, which is another kind of big topic within this big topic of mm. balanced characters. That is that there's actually a lot of people who don't want to play the best character. And I'd actually say that may even be the majority of people. In fact, uh, a lot of times tends to be, especially if you look at Ultimate, which is a game that I've played for a pretty good amount of time in my life now, definitely a couple years at least. I play a character, Villager, who isn't considered very good. He's generally like true mid, like absolute average, which isn't very good. Not a super strong character. And that character doesn't have any impressive results competitively, so people generally don't think very much of them. But there's a Discord that I'm in of tons of people who main that character, love that character, only play that character. And they are also complaining about that character not being better. But you know what they don't do? Stop playing that character. People complain a lot about their character not being the best, but they still don't stop playing that character. And I'd actually uh, argue that they you know, still really enjoy that character and that balance is not enough to push them away from them. It wasn't for me. I knew that the character wasn't the best and I knew there was better characters, but 
I liked the way the gameplay loop felt on that character so much that it didn't matter. That isn't true for everybody, but I, I do believe that the majority of people latch on more to a play style than a strength level. And so I think, and that manifests in a lot of different ways in a lot of different games, but I think even when you do have tier lists, even if it's a tier list that everyone agrees on, like in Melee, where there's like literally an official tier list and people might have their discrepancies, but overall mostly agree with it. A lot of people play Fox, sure. But there's also a lot of people who play other characters. And even if you look at the top 10 competitive players in Melee, it's actually characters all across the board in the top 10. And I, I could list them out, but there's even characters that people have thought would be like lower tier characters in the past. But people like Axe, who plays Pikachu in that game, latched onto that character. He wasn't dissuaded and you know quit Pikachu to play Fox. He played Pikachu and stuck with that character because he likes that character. And I think that bond to that play style, to the personality like you talked about, is something stronger than balance. Yeah, it's not so much what they can do, it's who they are. How do they feel in terms of their gameplay? You referenced Villager. For those of you who haven't played him, he's basically, in my opinion, Cade may not like this, (laughs) he's a campy character who plays a very degenerate gameplay style, especially when you play Luigi against him. We call call him a zoner. (laughs) That's the PC term, is a zoner. Anyways, a lot of people (laughs) like that. A lot of people who perhaps aren't as skillful at the game, there's a lot of controversy. But it's the, the people don't play Villager because he is a zoner. People play Villager because he's Villager. And a lot of those tools come with him. I think a lot of people are attached, and Super Smash Brothers is a great example because it's pretty much the ultimate collaboration of gaming in terms of the amount of characters and the breadth of availability. Minecraft, Steve, and Mario are in the same game. Do I have to say any more? You know what I mean? I I think, especially with that type of game, the people latch onto the character, and it's not, it doesn't really matter what they can do. It's It's who they are. And for me, actually, I think the example of this, like, why did I start playing Villager? I started playing Villager because of Tree, which is a move that he has in the game where you, the first time you use it, you plant a little sapling. The next time you use the move, you water it, and it grows into a big tree. And that tree can kill people, by the way, when it grows. And then the third time you use it, you pull out an axe, which you can chop the tree down with. And if you chop the tree down on someone, it's a really strong move that can kill them. And that was just so funny to me that... I loved it, and I started doing. I started using that character as a joke because I just thought that was hilarious. I was never intending to play the game as seriously as I did, mm. but I just I started learning the character, and I liked it, and I just stuck with him. It wasn't because he was good, because he's not good, but it was just because I, I liked yeah. that move, and then I got familiar with him, and I grew a real bond with that character. Like In a weird way, you get attached to these characters, and you feel connected to them. I like how you do with Luigi, especially since you play him across games you start to really feel connected to who that character is, like the essence of that character. Even though Luigi doesn't have a lot of what defines his gameplay and ultimate in Melee, like losing his grab, which you mentioned, the suction cup, is very different in Melee. But he still has that essence of Luigi that is what you relate to so much, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, one thing that kind of corrupts that ideal in terms of playing a character for the first time liking a certain move and then running with it is tearless which you mentioned earlier yeah if you saw villager at the bottom of the barrel which he's not but if he was hypothetically Mm -hmm. and you knew he was 
Why would you even pick him in the first place? Uh, to me, yeah. this is a common thing you'll hear throughout the podcast episodes, and I'm obsessed with it, is the sense of discovery or newness or exploration. Which will be a topic games. another episode for sure. 100%. I, I really want to encourage everyone listening, and you, Kate, as well, to first, at least the first time, just at least the first time, just play the game. It doesn't matter what other people think about it. It doesn't matter. Experience it for yourself. Cade latched onto Villager. Some of you, I'm sure, will latch onto Luigi because he's clearly superior. And I think you guys are going to have a blast. The but the mo- yes, of course. And But the minute <laughs> you look at X-Pro players' tier lists and you realize that your character is, quote-unquote, not as good or, quote-unquote, not balanced, meaning weaker, yeah. it discourages you from playing the character, which really, to me, as a game designer, it's just not fair because the character is fun and has... I use the term sauce. It's cool. It's fun to play. Yeah. It's exciting. But I, it, 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 it's annoying to me because I've been affected by this countless times where I look at their power rankings. I want to perform well. And then I end up playing yeah. a character which I don't enjoy, which that's, is not good so for the true. longevity of the game. It's not good for playing the game over a long period of time because you don't feel as attached. You don't want to play that character more. You don't right. practice. You're not as passionate and you end up not playing the game anymore. Yeah, that might be extreme, I, I but it's happened to me. Yeah, I literally have done that as well. And I, I think actually a lot of people can probably relate to it. Like I play Villager and Kristoff did very politely clarify how that character plays. And so I definitely like got in my head because of the internet and seeing tier lists and seeing pro players in particular. And it wasn't always, it wasn't always negative. I don't think that seeing like good characters do cool things is always a negative thing. I generally dislike tier lists as well. But seeing people like MK Leo play really well with a number of different characters and win because he played really well using those characters and it was very honest in my opinion, like very honest gameplay, made me want to switch. I'd switch to another character that's higher in the tier list that just hits people instead of being like a zoner or a camper and using projectiles. They just hit people. And that really appealed to me because I felt like I was cheating or or I was um, not really playing the game, which is a ridiculous thing to think because I'm just playing another character in the game. It's no different, really. Like I'm just playing one of the characters that I can play. And it's just the one I chose to play. It's not worse that I like chose to play a projectile character, but the internet would have me believe otherwise, yeah. and the tier list would have me believe otherwise. I think online resources such as wikis, such as pro players, such as tier lists, are very invaluable because a lot of times they're accurate. They're right. These players play the games for an unhealthy amount of time, which is which is fine. I they do what <laughs> they want to do. They're accurate. They they help you get through the game. They help you learn the mechanics. But they also guide your thoughts. Even if it's subconsciously, they deter you from something you might have chosen or you might have done. And they can remove that experience from you. Cade said, I don't think they're inherently bad because I watch my fair amount of pro players footage or content Mm -hmm. across many different mediums, Twitch, YouTube, countless hours I've invested into that. And I enjoy it. I, I enjoy watching someone who's very skillful at a certain game. But I think it's important to acknowledge that them playing those characters does have an effect on you in terms of what you do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. And yeah, that's, I I feel like this could even be a whole other topic too, like communities and the influence that has. But actually that kind of segues into the last main topic of my argument 
for games being quote unquote you know unbalanced to to be like well balanced in a way basically like having that strength disparity as a good thing there's a couple more things i wanted to hit on one of them being that i think and i if i I hope i'm wrong about this because it'd be really interesting if i am but the theory the the second part of my theory here which is probably a whole nother topic is i also don't think any game can exist purely competitively i think even if a game i'd say melee currently i would venture to guess that there is such a minute number of people who play that game true casually in the year 2020 that it's probably less than double digits but there are a lot of people who play that game competitive casually such as christoph and myself we're obviously not ranked anywhere we're new to the game for sure but we are really mostly playing casually and there's tons of people who that's true for and that's in my opinion, part of how Melee can stay alive because that scene can exist and continue to exist because there is so much interest from people like Christoph and I in those pro players who carry the scene and in those content creators who help the scene stay moving and people who continue to mod the game in that case to make it better. But I think the same thing is true of a game like Ultimate or many other games or League of Legends, that's true of too. Tons of people play that game, quote unquote, competitive casually or completely casually and hours a day yeah and people love that and that is so important to the game i don't think that game could continue to have existed for as long as it does if it was purely just the best players it just doesn't work that way games don't work like that you can't keep a game alive for years and sometimes decades with only a super top tier competitive scene there are examples, I think, of games where that is the case, actually. But I don't think that you'd ever find a game that really has longevity and really has been adopted and successful where there's only a competitive scene. I think going along with that, I think that that is the case. That is part of the case to be made for characters to not be balanced completely equally because there will always be those casual players playing it. And I think where bad characters really shine is in casual play. I think that meme characters like Little Mac absolutely have a place in Smash because do you know how many YouTube videos content creators made playing Little Mac online? That's all there was to the video. That's it. But people eat it up because it's funny and sometimes really cool. Sometimes it's awesome when you get a super cool kill with a crappy character. That can be like even better than getting a super cool kill with a good character. And I honestly think that Little Mac being bad is the only reason why people have played him so much. You can see that in Ultimate where some of the mid-tier characters get played far less than the worst characters in the game. Because people specifically pick them because they're bad. Which I think is a case for them to stay bad. I think that actually shows that them being bad is a positive game design choice that's making people want to play them for that reason for example we have a friend who played ultimate with us before and he actually played little mac quite a bit when he first started playing with us as i recall and i think that fit him very well because he didn't take the game as seriously as us so it kind of made sense to play like a meme or character because it, it pairs well with not having as much 
experience with the game. You're just you're playing for fun, so you just play the fun, not as good character. And then when you lose, maybe it doesn't feel quite as bad, and you're not really taking it as seriously. So it complements that. Maybe you're not playing Little Mac in Evo Grand Finals, but that's not the point of Little Mac. I, and maybe Nintendo didn't have any of that in mind when they were making the game. I don't know what they were thinking. But I think that actually it is, at the end of the day, good design. I completely agree. I think one of the things which you didn't implicitly say, but I think you're implying, or at least that I want to talk about, is the audience for your game. Who's going to play your game? Smash, at its core, is designed to be a casual game. So naturally, (laughs) a lot of casual players will want to play the game. Little Mac is perfect for those types of players because... He's super meme in the sense that he's super bad at getting specifically surviving hits, but he's he's actually similar to Luigi now that I think about it. I might need to pick him up. He's actually very good <laughs> on the stage, right? Like, it's okay to have characters that perhaps aren't as busted, or that's a term for meaning they're very strong or quote-unquote imbalanced. It's okay to have that because certain players like that. As You, uh, you mentioned Little Mac. One, I just want to reference two that two characters in Smash, since we're talking about the game so much, that remind me of this concept. Mm-hmm. And it's a... The, <laughs> okay, tell me this doesn't sound weird. By the way, this exists. In Super <laughs> Smash Brothers, there exists a character who has an ability which has a 1 out of 9 probability to basically insta-kill you. Which is a character I like to play, by the way. That character is Mr. Game <laughs> & Watch. He is a very uh, enthusiastic has an impressive amount of animations and personality for only being 2d (laughs) in a 3d fighting game and this ability once out of every nine characters it's a hammer and if he hits you with this hammer which doesn't have a big range so it's hard to hit which makes it even more impactful when it hits it just insta kills you it just insta kills you another character which stands to mind which if you guys haven't played him his name's hero this character is literally RNG central. <laughs> okay? He has, I don't know how many abilities he has, but it has to be over 20. Yeah, and they're on over. this random, like, pinwheel. And basically, uh, you get random abilities every time you use this, this certain ability. And it's very odd. People don't like it. Oh, did I mention he can critical strike you with attacks, <laughs> meaning also insta kill you? Yeah, that exists. And, and the third one is let's go back to my boy, Luigi. He has this ability called a misfire, which essentially transforms one of his regular moves, making it more powerful, more faster, and more deadly. A lot of people hate this when they get hit by it, but let me tell you as a Luigi player, when I know this move is not actually that good when it hits, oh, it's the best feeling in the world. Transforming a character to have kind of this one little gimmick is super fun. None of the characters that I listed are quote-unquote balanced in the sense of being good. Actually, that's well. Game and Watch it depends. is good. Game and Watch is actually good. In other games, such as Melee, he's yeah. not good, and he still has the hammer. But the hammer not, doesn't like, make him to- good. That's true. Yeah, the RNG component doesn't make them good, but it does add this little flair or this little personality that makes them super unique in the game. And to me, some of the best moments come from those random totally. RNG moments, totally. even though it's the antithesis of a fighting game. If conceptually, there should be no RNG Man. in a fighting game, but you have to remember who your audience is. I could, Smash I could talk about game. this whole thing in like a totally yes. another podcast episode for a long time as well. Maybe. Yeah, I think we should do a podcast episode about Smash Bros. at some point too, because I, yeah, I actually we're want to talk really deep on how I think Smash being designed casually is actually like the great is the reason why it's so great. I, I think that's yeah. the other thing I think 
That's my other it's a bit ironic. hot take. Yeah, exactly. I, that's my other hot take. But I'm going to save that for another episode. But I do, I definitely agree. Like, I think those all add to the personality of the characters. And those are the exact same kinds of things. Like, what if instead of building a tree the first time I played it, ultimate i got a nine kill and then i was like oh yep i'm a game watch player now (laughs) i'm sure people have experienced that that's the kind of stuff like the cool things that you can do that make people want to play a character and i love that it's like that dumb crap that can make the game feel so dynamic yeah i definitely agree with all of that and i think at the end of the day games are like speaking of being designed casual designed for a casual audience i think at the end of the day like games are inherently most of the time going to be casual experiences with your friends and i know that's what we really care about capturing with any project we work on at fuzzy camel studios right now working on ozone we really love Mm -hmm. that friend the the friendship element of gaming and like being able to do it with other people and I think that's what most gaming is going to be, just playing games with your friends. And so I think overall, good balance makes people want to play all the characters in your game because they're all cool and different. And maybe you're going to play a crappy character. Maybe we'll play Melee after this and I'll play you know, Donkey Kong against you just because it's fun. Not because I'm trying to win a super major tournament. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think good game balance is what makes a game interesting and fun to play in a lot of different ways. And I think at the at the end of the day, I think what that is strength disparity. I think intentionally creating strength gaps between your characters. And I guess in a way creating a tier list, but not emphasizing necessarily that the tier list matters too much. I think within reason, <laughs> yes. we don't want a Meta Knight situation, but still I think having Fox be better than Donkey Kong is perfectly fine. I, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. And you know what? If I introduced melee to one of my close friends who has never played smash before they're probably not going to want to play fox fox is probably not the right character for them they should probably play uh even though he's donkey the best kong. even though he's the best yeah theoretically. they'd probably be better off playing like donkey kong or something and just getting like a big hit every now and then and being able to do something with it and so you really got to keep that in mind and i think it's hard for competitive gamers to do that sometimes to keep in mind the casual audience but i think Um, You really have to keep in mind all those skill levels and all those different ways people will play the game. It's inevitable, in my opinion. And to end, I just want to make a promise so that pro players, when they play Ozone, don't make these bogus tier lists (laughs) and stuff like that. We will make our own tier list and give it to you guys. We'll publish it. And it'll, it'll tell you exactly the difficulty ratings. It'll tell you what the, what they can do. And it will tell you why you shouldn't play that character. We will do that for you guys. It's I'll arrange that. Don't have no worries. One thing I just wanted to say is, Whatever game you guys are playing, have fun with it. It's Competitive is one of my favorite aspects of games, and it can be the, your experiences can be molded by others. It's not a bad thing. You just have to be aware of it. And I would encourage you guys to try it out for the first time blind. You guys are going to have a blast. And actually, we'll have another podcast episode about the way we experience games particularly going in blind quote-unquote or you know watching a lot of youtube content on the game beforehand we'll definitely talk about that i think that's an interesting topic we covered a lot today it's been a lot longer than i anticipated of a discussion but i think it's been a good one so mm-hmm. we've got some more topics clearly up our sleeve that we could have gone into even more today so we've got yes. no shortage of things to talk about so stay tuned to subscribe to the podcast if you want to hear more we'll be covering more game design topics we'll be chewing on more things 
This has been Cade from Fuzzy Camel Studios. And this has been Christoph. Bye, guys.